Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz, here back home again in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, I am back tonight to, uh, among other things, I had a dentist's appointment earlier today, but uh, I'm back to see the Jim Ursay collection today. I'm very excited for that. See some music memorabilia and hear the owner of the Indianapolis Colts perform with his band. That's a thing. Uh, I didn't know it was a thing, but it's a thing. And uh, I'm very excited to see it. He's got a cool collection and uh, it'll be a fun day. So I'm back home. Another Friday episode. Feels like I'm in high school again. It feels like season one of the first and 10, a Friday afternoon, rolled out of class, got home, called Reed, said, let's get ourselves on an episode of the first and 10. Maybe you get Corbin Hubert for a guest episode. Shout out to Corbin uh, and make it happen. It, it feels like the good old days. I'm here back home and uh and recording so uh joining me as always though he was joining me back then he's joining me now it's reed murray in columbus ohio reed what's going on hey patrick i'm here in columbus about to watch a thrilling football game tomorrow between ohio state and arkansas state riveting Ooh-wee. stuff yeah riveting, riveting stuff, stuff. From, yeah from the shoe yeah <laughs> um but no excited just to have another week of big 10 football um you know, we'll get into why this week isn't exactly uh, an exciting one compared to others, but uh, it's it is still football, and this is what we we've been asking for for so long. So mm-hmm. uh, football, never football, too much. Football is football at the end of the day, and uh, I'll gladly take it eight days a week. Uh, yeah, but we've got football this week, and uh, it might not be the best football we've ever seen, but it's football no matter what. And there are still some important things to watch for. So let's get into it. Our first segment here: what to watch for. Uh, Reed, I'm going to start this off by getting into one of the few P5 versus P5 matchups that we actually get here in the Big Ten this week, and that is Duke and Northwestern. What to watch for? I think we're on meme watch here, Reed. I, I think, would love a good meme watch. There's I think we're better. on meme watch. Yeah. This is this is meme watch, and what we're, what we're watching for here is a, a time-honored tradition in college football, and that's nerd schools getting blown out and students reading books in the stands. They're not even nerd schools. There's a famous photo of some dude without a shirt reading a book at a Florida State game from a couple of years ago when they were getting blown out by Clemson. So uh, these are two nerd schools, though, no doubt about it. And uh, I think there is potential for some some physics homework being done in the stands, you know, maybe some knitting, maybe somebody, uh, I, don't, I don't know. There, there will be... Uh, there will be nerds and there will be lots of them. This is nerd bowl. We got it a couple of years ago. I think season one of the first and 10 week one, we got Northwestern and Stanford. I think one of our inaugural nerd bowls. And uh, this is a different one. Definitely excited for it. I don't know if I'd call it a good game of football. In fact, I won't, but uh, you know, duking it out, no pun intended on the academic battlefield. That's pretty fun. Uh <laughs> That's definitely something to watch for. I think we could potentially get uh, a student or two. Northwestern hasn't started school yet, I don't believe. So uh, there might not be any Northwestern students there. But the Northwestern students who are there, uh, who moved in early maybe, yeah, they they could be reading in the stands. I I, I think it could be a fun picture that uh, you see on No Context College Football or something. Yeah, that's something to watch for. Reed, what do you have to watch for this week? This week, I think it's a big week for backup quarterbacks. And I know that's a super exciting what to watch for, but – uh, you know, we saw last Thrilling. week, of course, of course, <laughs> the big storyline of the week is going to be J.J. McCarthy's playing for Michigan, as opposed to Cade McNamara as part of this bizarre Jim Harbaugh scheme to figure out who the starting quarterback is going to be. And I still stand by the point that if this situation was even presented, the one quarterback play one game, one play the other, that means J.J. McCarthy is eventually going to be the starter because, you know, if, you know, 
McNamara was the starting quarterback all last season. If it was two new guys coming in and they're both the same year, they're both have never played before. I get it a little bit. Um, this tells me McCarthy is going to take over that throne, but we're going to see how he does against Hawaii. Um, and you know, I don't think I don't think we're gonna have a great test to that because you know we've talked before. Hawaii is one of the worst teams in college football. Um, but big week for McCarthy. Drew Aller playing against Ohio. Um, first of all, playing against a team from his home state. Um, but also, you know, we could see a little bit of Drew Aller versus Sean Clifford action in that game, assuming Penn State gets out ahead early. Maybe at halftime, you see Aller come in if it's a blowout or something like that. Um, and potentially, there's a little bit more of a quarterback battle brewing in Happy Valley if Aller continues to pose a threat to Clifford or if Clifford continues to continues to perform poorly like he did against Purdue. Um, and, you know, you might see a little bit of Kyle McCord for Ohio State late in the game against Arkansas State. You might see Jack Tuttle at Indiana. I think this is just a week for, you know, we talk about how weak the Big Ten is in terms of starting quarterbacks. We could see if there are any replacements in order. Um, and, you know, I don't think Basilek or Stroud are going to be replaced anytime soon. But regardless, it's, it's a good week to see who else, uh, you know, what the other quarterbacks that we don't know as much about are going to bring to the table this year. Yeah, and definitely, I think when when you get a backup in the game, it means one of two things, either or three things. It means either a blowout, an injury, or a poor performance by a starting quarterback. And I think we're going to get option number one a whole lot this week. A whole lot of blowouts could be on the slate. Just a lot of gigantic point spreads all across the conference. I mean, that, that Michigan-Hawaii spread, I have seen it all over the place. Let me check what that line is right now. Um because it, it has just been one of the highest uh, – it's the, it's the biggest point spread in Michigan history, by the way, just looking at this right now. Uh, <laughs> Reed, do you want to guess this number? Um, I'll guess 57 and a half. It's 51 and a half. Ah. It's still unbelievable. It's going to be a lot of games like that across the Big Ten this week. That's another thing to watch for, by the way, for me, is Michigan and Hawaii – don't watch this game to actually watch the game. Watch it to either look, try and learn about J.J. McCarthy. I don't think you'll learn much because this is terrible competition. But also that, it's terrible competition. This Hawaii team isn't just bad. This Hawaii team, I think, is one of the worst football teams I've ever seen. I, I watched part of that Western Kentucky game, and I watched as much of that Vanderbilt game as I could stomach. They just looked utterly incompetent every single facet of the game. I think they're the worst team in the country not to mention the jet lag, the time zone change, and playing against, you know, Michigan, a top four team in the country, on the road in the big house at night. This is a recipe for disaster. I think Hawaii is going to lose like we've never seen a team lose. This could legitimately be like an 84 to nothing kind of game. I, I think Hawaii is just going to get absolutely smoked. Not even a game. And to give some perspective on how Hawaii looks this season, their season opener against Vanderbilt, Vandy beat them 63-10. Vandy the next week played at FCS Elon and won 42-31. So Elon This was in Hawaii, Vandy too. Much closer than Hawaii held Vandy. Um, that should in, tell you all in Honolulu. In, 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 uh, in Manoa, that's the part of, of it. I believe it's in. I think it's in Manoa. Um, I don't know Hawaii very well, but... Uh, but I do know this, that uh, this is typically a fun program and a program a lot of people have a soft spot for, myself included, as the late night team, everybody's favorite attraction after 1130 at night. This time around, though, they are 
unwatchably bad. I, I think it's worth tuning in for that. So maybe not unwatchably bad if I'm saying go watch it, but uh, if you're morbidly curious, if you're uh, if you're a true sicko, then go watch some Hawaii because uh, they are terrible. They they are legitimately uh, they, they, there are no words. You just got to see it. I, I think that they could uh, they could potentially be one of the worst FBS teams we've seen in quite a while. I agree. And it's, it's a shame. Like you said, everybody, everybody loves Hawaii. They're a fun little team. It is a shame to see what's happening with them. Absolutely. Yeah. But Hey, Timmy Chang, obviously legendary quarterback for them. Hopefully he can turn the program around. Reed, anything else to watch for this week for you? I don't think necessarily for the what to watch for segment, but uh, you know, we, we can talk uniforms uh, in the next segment here. Let's talk uniforms. Uniform uniform, matchup of the week. Uniform matchup of the week. Let's keep it brief. RJM visuals. What's your uniform matchup of the week? Well, so for this one, I was looking around at uniforms this morning uh, in my class because I had already finished all the work for the class. Um, so I was looking on Twitter trying to see if any team had announced their uniforms. Um, unfortunately, you know, I really do think it's a good um, it, it's a good practice to announce what uniform you're wearing uh, a day or two before the game. Um, unfortunately, only two Big Ten teams had followed that practice that I love so much, and those were Michigan State and Purdue. Purdue, I was not wowed. It was just uh, black jersey, black pants, and gold helmet. Michigan State, they're pulling out the neon jerseys, the cursed ones where it says state in the enormous text in the front of the jersey. I hate those. Ooh. So Ooh. I don't have a confirmed – right, yeah. Thumbs I don't down. have a confirmed uh, uniform matchup, uh, but just going off of, you know, the, the assumed primary uniforms for each team, I'm going to go Iowa State and Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I love, I was at home. I like Iowa's home uniforms. Who doesn't, um, you know, as much as many people, including myself, dislike the Steelers, they have an, you know, an iconic look there. Um, Iowa State, unless they pull some black and white alternate uniform crap like they did uh, a year or two ago, I think Iowa State should pull out a solid look. I usually like what they have going on there. So I'm going to go for the Cyhawk game as my uniform matchup of the week. Um, I'll make my uniform matchup of the week, Duke and Northwestern. Northwestern's uniforms are beautiful. They might be the best in the conference. Dukes, maybe this is just me, Mr. Indianapolis Colts, Patrick Feltz. Duke just looks like the Colts, and the Colts have some of the best uniforms in the NFL. So you just translate it to college, and I think they're still pretty great. So, yeah, th- this is my uniform match of the week, Duke and Northwestern. I'll tell you right now, as an objective uniform lover, the Colts uniforms are just fine. Like, they, they look good, but, you know, one of the best in the league, I don't know. But I, think I agree, they you know. They're classic. They're classic. I'm telling you, if you lived in Houston or if you lived in Denver, or if you lived anywhere else, you would not say that. I would say that because uh, I prefer the classic uniforms in the NFL. That's why I love the Raiders uniforms so much, too. That is true. You do love the Raiders. I would say for me, not to go on too many of a tangent for NFL uniforms. That's why I love I like the 49ers. The I love the 49ers. I like the uniforms. Packers the best. The Packers I'm do a have Packers great uniforms. Uniform um, I, the Raiders are my favorite uniforms in the league, though, by far. That is fair. Okay. Uh, but no, I, I agree with you that the Northwestern Duke one, I did consider that Northwestern one of the best in the conference, one of the best in the country. Love the new uniform set. Duke, I think, is just fine. So it it, it goes well. Um, but I'm still going with Cyhawk. I like it. All right. Next up for us, uh, the Sickos game of the week. And for me, there's only one choice here. It's potentially the biggest trap game in the history of trap games. We've been talking about it all offseason. Maryland at Charlotte, 3.30 p.m. on stadium. Where do you even start with this thing? Not only – I mean, it's is September Maryland, so I'm not going to bet against them. However – if this game were on October 1st, I have no doubt in my mind they would lose it. Not only is it on a random website that makes it kind of weird to figure out how to watch it. Like, I, I mean, I'm, 
I'm not going to stadium to watch this game. I can't, can't imagine anybody else's unless it gets like super duper close. Number two, it's Maryland at Charlotte. Weird. Why did they agree to play a game in Charlotte against UNC Charlotte? And why did they agree to play a game on stadium as a big 10 team? What was the thought process here? What was their plan? This is disgusting. I don't like it, but like a car crash, I just can't look away. Yeah, I, this is kind of like that bowl game that's broadcast on Barstool. It's like, yeah. what are you doing here? We put the game on TV. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but, you know, yeah, this, this, is, this is really what it really is. It's like my, uh, my local Nashville soccer club is uh, playing on Twitter this week against LA Galaxy. I hate these broadcasts. I hate when they when people try to get too innovative and they want to broadcast games on TikTok and Twitter and all those. Put the game on TV. What are we doing mm-hmm. here? I mean, it, it's just ridiculous. You want nobody um, to go be able to watch it at a bar? Yeah, I mean, seriously, unless they. they that's how I feel phone. about the. Th- that's how I feel about Thursday night football on Amazon too. Like nobody's going to be able to go to their local and just watch Thursday night football anymore unless they install fire sticks or Apple TVs and all the bar TVs. And so well, I think people. certain places will do that, but no, I yeah, maybe like it's... a beat. Yeah. But you know, just your tiny little local establishment, your, your watering hole, they might not do that. That's tough. That's true. Yeah. For something um, as big as the NFL that I think that really hurts them. I agree. But uh, I mean, this if anyone has the money, if anyone has the money to do it, it's Amazon. Uh, that to too. take a risk yeah. like that. <laughs> and I think Amazon is having a game be broadcast on Amazon, one of the biggest companies in the world, versus being broadcast on Stadium, a website I don't know if I've ever gone to. No disrespect to Stadium, but they've got some. And I like Stadium. I like stadium. Yeah, they've got some wonderful journalists who work for them, but. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going out of my way to be like, you know where I want to watch college football today? Stadium. Stadium.com. I'm going to go there and watch Maryland football. Like that, there's just something so unnatural about it. And hey, respect to them. They got, they got the rights. So good for them. But that doesn't make it not super weird. I agree. Um, I'm going in a different direction in my sickos game. This is a game we've already Take talked it. about. Duke at Northwestern is going to be my sickos game. Um, couple Here's a little stat for you. The lowest ticket price for that game is $4. Not $40, not $14, $4. That's that like a meal at Red Robin. Product. I mean, you literally, this, this, is, this game is cheaper than a gallon of gas in the month of July or the month of June. Um, <laughs> it's, you know... First of all, that's cheaper. You know, you, know what I, you know what I had for lunch today, Reed? What'd you have for lunch today? I had the Wendy's biggie bag. You know how much that costs? Uh, five bucks. Five dollars. And I got a burger. I got fries. I got four chicken nuggets and I got a frosty with that. For four dollars, I could go watch Duke and Northwestern play football. That's a that's a really good deal. And yeah, I mean, the heck of a deal. We're not sponsored, but I did get the I did get that Wendy's deal. Got the big yeah, I mean, your, your concessions at the Duke Northwestern game are going to be more expensive than your ticket. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for me. I had lunch today. I had, I thought I had a heck of a deal uh, going to Mirror Lake Eatery using my dining dollars to get 35% off. I got chicken tenders, fries, and a Hawaiian roll for like five bucks. Um, turns out I could have watched a Big Ten football game for cheaper. What an <laughs> idiot I am. But, uh, you know, oh, more meme. Can I tell you more, more meme potential in this game, Reed? What's that? We could see a scoreboard with a Duke logo, D, zero, a zero for the Northwestern logo, a zero, and then the Northwestern logo, Dune, 
we're for all familiar with the moon game, Michigan 0-0 Northwestern. This could be the Dune game. I, I don't get it. I don't know. It's just kind of funny. It's a word. Because it's the D-0-0-N. I, I guess. Dune. I mean, is it a word? That's just kind of funny. I it's guess. a sound. It is a sound, yeah. You know the you know um, the moon game. You've seen that meme. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like that. It's it's a it's a sequel nobody asked for. <laughs> um, but you know, it's not like people go to Duke or Northwestern games anyway, especially the, the student bodies, you know, they're not there for football. And, so and I think what, also, what really makes this the Northwestern student body also just is not there right now, I don't believe. I don't think they've started, or maybe they have and it's like super early, but I remember them starting super, super late when I was looking at schools. Yeah, and so, I mean, part of what makes this a sicko game is I think you have to be really sicko devoted to one of these two teams to watch this game because, you know, I, I imagine it would be hard as a Northwestern student to get a bunch of your buddies and say, hey, you guys want to come watch the, you know, come watch the football game? Or are going to say, no, how about we, uh, you know, I don't know, what are, what are smart kids at Northwestern do? Um, Read books. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, they'll, they'll probably give you a hundred other things they'd rather so they'll, do. All the Medill kids um, are going to be out in full force in the press box, though. So they do. Have that's that. true. That's where. That's yeah, where, but I mean, that's it, the bigger it, student it, section is the press box. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it's you get you got to go out of your way to even be in the city for this game, let alone uh, you know convince people to go with you. So you have to be really uh, stick in the head to to be in the stand for this game but hey that's that's we're, we're college football sickos we're sticking ahead for the sport so respect to all those individuals yeah fall classes at northwestern by the way begin 10 days after kickoff of this game tuesday september Goodness 20th gracious are they do they go to school there do they just <laughs> like, is northwestern just a money laundering operation how do they start then and finish by christmas I, I, I know they're on the quarter system or the trimester system. I forget what. I, I don't know. Uh, but they're not on regular semesters. What do they do all year? They just kind of sit around. Like, <laughs> obviously, it's a great institution. I'm not trying to disparage them. But, like, how do you start your semester that late and not lose your mind? I think I, th- I think it just leads to an incredibly difficult semester or trimester or whatever. You got to cram even more. Mm-hmm. I feel for those students. I would hate that. Yeah, could could not be me, but uh, yeah. So no student section technically, I guess, for Northwestern at this, except for the press box, because I'm sure they'll all uh, be packing it in in Medill land up there. So shout yeah, to them. Shout out to our student media. Shout out to the student media poll voters in Northwestern. Absolutely, yeah. Great yeah. coverage, of course. We we love our our inside NU daily Northwestern folks, but uh, yeah, they might be the only students on campus for this game. It's gonna it's of all the atmospheres in the history of college football, this is definitely gonna be one of them. <laughs> we'll see we'll see i don't maybe. even know if you I, I, maybe calling it an atmosphere might be generous honestly but we'll see <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be like a 2020 repeat it's like COVID all over again yeah, hey you know yeah. what northwestern won a lot of games that season that they did maybe this is what they needed <laughs> it's september northwestern the new september maryland could be could we, be yeah we northwestern is on september watch they are on September watch. They're they're already the team of August. They they did win a game in August, so they have not played a game in September. Northwestern's back, but uh, yeah, definitely stuff to watch for in that game. It's on Sicko's watch. It's on Meme watch. We are we are keeping a keen eye on Evanston this Saturday. So uh, let's get into our actual game of the week here, which well. 
we don't have one. This is one of the worst Saturday slates of Big Ten football we've had, I think, in the history of this show. The best game of the week is probably Iowa State and Iowa, but we saw what Iowa did last week, so I am not comfortable giving Iowa a game of the week honor. Objectively speaking, it's probably the most interesting or important game of the week. Obviously, it's a big rivalry, interstate, all that stuff, but I mean, Iowa, we're not going to we're not going to tell our wonderful listeners who we care so deeply about to go spend their Saturday afternoon, their hard earned day off watching Iowa football. We're not going to suggest you do that. This we do that for you. We we'll take care of it. We'll let you know what happened on Monday or Tuesday, but we're not going to tell you to go watch the game. We're not making that our game of the week. We have standards on the first and 10. So anyway, let's talk about Iowa and Iowa state are not game of the week. Reed, what do you think the score is going to be of this one? What do you think happens? And will Iowa score that fateful first touchdown of the season? I think Iowa will. I think the score is going to be one of the ugliest 17 to 13 games of all time. Iowa, of course, will win because Iowa does not lose to Iowa State. Um, but I just think generally, you know, this game, it's a game you get excited for. It's a fun, you know, of course, I have no stake in the, uh, you know, the in-state rivalry in Iowa. I've never even set foot in Iowa. However, uh, you can tell how much it means to the fan base. It's a fun one to watch, typically for the intangibles. And in recent years, for the product on the field, those two teams have both been pretty good in recent years. But this year, you know, we like we said, we saw from Iowa last week. I think this is also going to be a big decline year for Iowa State. Um, I just think the product on the field is is going to be, quite honestly, not particularly – well, maybe it'll be entertaining, but it won't be fun to watch. It won't be um, good. <laughs> On offense, yeah. at least the defense. Iowa's yeah. defense is very good. I'll, I will give them that. Yeah, but I think this is gonna. In this game, tends to in some cases be a little bit of a, uh, you know, kind of classic Big Ten grinded out, low scoring. Um, I don't even know what what other adjectives to describe this game, but you know, a, a low scoring, tough. You know, you gotta really be an old school football guy to love this. It's game a football it's not- guys kind of football game. Yeah, because it's not a it's not a game where there's going to be a lot of highlights put on Twitter or anything. There's not going to be a lot of fun plays in this game. Typically, I think this year it's the ultimate version of that. Um, and I think at the end of the day, whoever wins this game um, will go seven and five or six and six or something. I don't think either team is particularly mm-hmm. good this year. I agree. Yeah, give me Iowa nine to seven. I don't think they score a touchdown. That fateful day is not this Saturday. As much, One as, day, I would, Iowa will... as much as I would love I... to contribute to the meme, I do feel like both teams will score touchdowns in this game. I'm score. I'm speaking this into existence, Reed. What do I owe you if there's no touchdown scored in this game? Ooh, uh, an ear of corn. <laughs> All right, I'll give you an ear of corn. Have we ever bet on an ear of corn before? I think we've I done that. I feel once. like we did that. Maybe, maybe it was for the Nebraska game, or maybe it was. There definitely was a recent episode where we bet on the ear of corn. If you are a first and 10 head, um, if you have first and 10 <laughs> posters on your wall uh, and you would know about every bet we've ever made, let us know uh, what the ear of corn bet was. I have a feeling it was in the week zero episode. Can we make that like our trophy? Can we have a trophy every year on the Indiana Ohio State game, but not on the actual game, on the spread of the Indiana Ohio State game, where whoever whoever's team covers the spread gets to take home the first and 10 ear of corn trophy in the most big 10 manner possible. I like that a lot. Yeah. People want to say, Oh, the Midwest is just corn. We're embracing it. 
That's right. Yeah. So anyway, what do you have against corn? There's nothing wrong with corn. Corn is great. We we've corn. all we've all seen we've all seen the video. Corn exactly. kid. Exactly. Am I am I behind the times now for for just now mentioning that meme on the show? Does no, this date that episode? I don't know. I I I don't I don't love the the tra- I don't like to you know talk too much about trends and get too swept up in that. Um, <laughs> I think you're I think you're good. You sound like Pat Fitzgerald. <laughs> hey if there's anybody i would ever want to sound like it, it's him i have so much respect for him we're gonna uh, email we're gonna email you at hashtag i don't care yeah i uh <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that i i don't but no i do appreciate you th- you telling me that i that i uh sound like pat fitzgerald I take it's that it's not a it's not honor. that is a compliment yeah he's obviously a great coach um but yes he did say in an interview a couple years ago or a press conference you can email it to me at hashtag i don't care he's not sure how email works or hashtags but damn it he can coach a football team well so shout, shout to Fitz. uh speaking of fits let's talk about uh one of the first games of the day nooner fs1 duke at northwestern reed i think the wildcats can start the season two and oh here give me northwestern 24 to 16 over duke at home I'm saying Duke 27 Northwestern or yeah, Duke 27 Northwestern 21. This is, this is one of those games where, you know, Northwestern should win it and they'll find a way to lose. And I feel like this happens multiple times. This happened last time they played Duke. If I'm That's recalling true. correctly, mm-hmm. I'm going to look this up to make sure I'm not, uh, you know, making a fool of myself, but uh, I just feel like Northwestern is going to be the, the better team and they're just going to find a way to lose this one. Give me Duke in a close game. Yeah. Last time they played 2021, um duke got the win and then 2018 that's the one I'm, I'm really thinking of here duke also got the win and i think northwestern was the better team there so uh give me the blue devils i think they kind of have a, a bit of good luck when it comes to playing northwestern yeah northwestern always feels like number one schedules one game against another nerd school a year i feel like they're due for one they're also due for number two a stupid loss every year Maybe yeah. this is it. I think Northwestern's a better football team and they should win the game. But should is just should. It's exactly that. Games aren't played on paper. So I could totally see this one going either way. It should be a good one in Evanston. Uh, or at the very least, a close one in Evanston. Next one, Western Illinois at Minnesota. Gophers at noon. You can buy a ticket to this one for eight bucks. So just a little more than that Wendy's biggie bag. But uh, still seems like a good deal. Maybe not as good of a deal as Duke Northwestern, you know. Entertainment in Chicago on a Saturday is not cheap unless you're in Evanston. So uh, Western Illinois, Minnesota. I, again, Minnesota took care of business last week. They didn't give up a point this week. They probably will give up points. Just kind of how the sport works sometimes. I'll take Minnesota 51 to three. Uh, this one, I have a similar result to last week. Give me Minnesota 42 zero. I don't think Minnesota is going to really run up the score that much. Um, you know, I think 42 is kind of not as much as they should be scoring against a team like Western Illinois, but, uh, you know, they didn't, you know, really get into the fifties or anything like that against New Mexico state. So I'm going 42 mm-hmm. nothing here. So back-to-back shutouts for Minnesota reads predicting here next up. And by the way, real quick, let's go, let's go back to uh, Northwestern for a second. So last year they played Duke this year, they played Duke. They played Duke again, two more years after this. Oh, wow. A home and home and then, home and home and home. Or wait, a yep. home and home and home and home. Excuse me. I had an extra home in there. <laughs> and then they play at Tulane in 2025. Mm-hmm. 26 and 27, they take a break from the nerd schools. Then they play Rice in 2029. So they do tend to schedule lots of these types of games. Yeah, non-conference. And in there, they've also had like 
in the past they've had Notre Dame, they've had Stanford. I think they've had they've had Duke. Wait, actually, how many times have they played Duke in the last couple of years? A lot, it feels like. So they're always due for one of those. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely and nice another drink. fun note, last note about out-of-conference Northwestern football games. In 2033, there is a Northwestern UCLA out-of-conference game. Interesting note with them in the conference now. Yeah, um, so that that, that know, will be scrapped, yeah. I bet. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but that, it's funny, that's still on the FB schedule's website, so. Yeah, I guess the contract has, hasn't been shredded quite yet. Um, probably not until yeah. uh, the move becomes official in a year and a half or so, whenever that happens, I think a year and a half. All right, next up in the noon slate, Reed, you'll be at this one, Arkansas State at Ohio State. Nooner in the shoe, 62-0, Ohio State. Give me the Bucks, 56-7. I think the defense will continue to look great, but typically Ohio State tends to give up at least some kind of score to teams like this particularly in the third or fourth quarter. All right, next up, Ohio Bobcats at Penn State, noon on ABC. Ohio's better than you think. They, they played a pretty good game last week. Granted, it was Florida Atlantic. I don't think this is going to be particularly close, but it's not going to be not close like some of the other ones. It's good in comparison. Penn State 27, Ohio 13. I'm going to say Penn State 31, Ohio 14. I kind of feel similarly to you. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. So next up, 3.30 slate, Wisconsin, 19th in the country, hosting the Washington State Cougars. Washington got every bit of fight from Idaho, a next-door neighbor of theirs. Those two schools are very close to one another. Moscow, Idaho, not far from Pullman, Washington, both uh, you know, rel- relatively close, kind of a rivalry, not really. 24-17 was the final of the Cougars over the Vandals. So they got a little bit of trouble from an FCS team last week. Idaho led for most of that first half. Does that mean Idaho's good and could give Indiana trouble? Probably not. I think Washington State is just very bad. Don't let that jinx me. Don't let that mean <laughs> what it could mean. Maybe I shouldn't have said that out loud. We're knocking on wood. Um, but I just think Washington State's bad. And Wisconsin's home slate is also terrible. This is Wisconsin's big stripe out game. So number one, there should be a good crowd at Camp Randall. But number two, the fact that you have to make your stripe out wazoo. That's just a terrible home slate. And I feel bad for Wisconsin season ticket holders. Anyway, Wisconsin 37, Washington State 10 is going to be my pick here. I think it's a big Braylon Allen game. I'm going to go Wisconsin 28, Washington State 7. I think Wisconsin looks like the much better team for all of this game. Uh, But I don't think they can quite run away with that on the scoreboard. Sounds like Wisconsin. Anyway, <laughs> Maryland at Charlotte, 3.30 on stadium. Who knows what's going to happen here? Will anybody live to see it if a tree falls in the woods, but nobody was watching on stadium, did it happen? <laughs> Reed, what do you think? One, I think despite the weirdness, I think Maryland can still come away with a win here. I'm going to go with a Fetty Wap score, 17-38. Maryland with a 38, Charlotte with 17. Hey, what's up? Hello. Give me Maryland, 35, Charlotte, 21. It's a little bit of first and ten singing here today. There's there's a classic first and ten trope. Maybe it's because I'm back yeah. home, but yeah, we need you to you we need you to sing a little bit. Uh, I'm like, hey, what's up, hello? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Seventeen thirty-eight. <laughs> uh, we hey, missed re- that on the first and ten. Oh, it's been, we've we been what three years with no singing. Maybe not three years. Every once in a while, I break it out. 
I don't know. I haven't heard it in a long time. It's been a minute. Yeah. But you know what? You you predicted a Fetty whopping a 1738. I had to break it out for you. I'm back in the basement, back home. Reminder that 1738 was the score that Ohio State beat Indiana by in 2017. We did get Fetty Wap that year. Yes. Yep, you did. To those not familiar, Fetty Wap was a rapper who was popular in 2015 and exclusively 2015. He had three big hit songs and his catchphrase was 1738. I don't know why. It, it was a type of liquor that ah, his friends liked. Yeah, fi- figures. I wouldn't know that. But uh, but it was his catchphrase. He was, he was always yelling it. So uh, it, it is now a, a common football score that you can just say a Fetty Wap. So shout, shout out to Fetty Wap. Uh, shout out to, to Trap Queen and 679 and... Uh, <laughs> My Way, and those were his three songs. Big hits of they 2015. Were. Yeah. It, it had it had the middle schoolers in 2015 going wild. I should know. I was one of them. He was he was big on Vine. He was, yeah. <laughs> Let's get into the 4 o'clock slate. Akron going to number 14, Michigan State. Again, not going to be much of a game. I'll take. And I don't love Michigan State. 38-3 to Michigan State. I'm going to say 28-10 Michigan State. I think this is another one where Michigan State doesn't look as good as they should against a poor, poor team. And I think uh, the neon uniforms will punish them. Uh, and they will, they will be handed uh, a less than favorable result against the team that they should be beating by uh, margins of 40s or 50s. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't surprise me either way. We already did our Iowa State-Iowa prediction. That's another 4 o'clocker. A lot of 4 o'clock games this week instead of 3.30s. I don't like this new move of – I think it's all the Fox games are kind of at 4, it feels like. and Actually, no, Fox is a game at 3.30, but BTN's got games at 4 instead of 3.30. I don't get it. I, I believe I believe in noon, 3.30, 7.30, not noon, 4, and 8 kickoffs. This is weird for me. I don't like it. Change it back, please. But another 4 o'clock kick – Virginia at Illinois in Champaign. They played last year. Cavs won it. I think the Cavs do it again. I think it's pretty close, though. 27-21, Virginia is my pick. I'm going to say Virginia pulls away with this one 35-20. I think it'll be close for a little bit, but at the end of the day, I think Virginia's offense will be good enough to uh, to, to get a little bit of a bigger lead in this one. Two very clashing styles of teams here. I think Illinois can muck it up for a, about a half, but eventually – yeah. You know, Brendan Armstrong is Brendan Armstrong, and Illinois just exactly quarterback can compete with that. All right, next up, Indiana State. My Sycamores got a lot of family in Terre Haute, Indiana. Got a lot of family who went to Indiana State. My grandpa, rest in peace, played football at Indiana State. He was a Sycamore, so shout out to him. They're heading to West Lafayette to take on Purdue. I don't think this is a game. I will take Purdue, fifty-two to ten in this one. I'm going to go Boilers 49-14. Next up, this is also a, a pretty terrible matchup. Four o'clock, BTN, Rutgers hosting Wagner. I'm going to be honest, I did not know Wagner had a football team until I read that out loud. They do, and they also lost to Fordham last week, so that should give you an idea of how good they are. Okay, let's go Rutgers. 61-6, uh, 60, to six, Rutgers. Weird score. I'm taking Rutgers 51-17. And this is, you know, we kind of snubbed this one in Sicko's Game of the Week. You have to be pretty sick in the head to watch this one. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, and uh, I will not be watching that one. So next up, Georgia Southern at Nebraska. Uh, a classic 1AA team now up in FBS. Georgia Southern traditionally runs the triple option. They don't do that anymore. But now they're coached by former USC head coach 
Clay Helton. He is their coach, to those of you who didn't know. That's kind of fun. There's a, a nice little Big Ten connection there, a former USC coach coaching in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Against classic Big Ten member Nebraska as well. Yeah, just so many Big Ten parallels here all over the place. Uh, Nebraska 24 to 16 is my pick. I'm going to say Nebraska 31 21. This one will be once again for Nebraska unnecessarily close. Exactly. All right. Next up, Indiana, Idaho, eight o'clock. Idaho gave Washington State trouble last time around, but last season in Bloomington, this was the one and only game where Indiana looked dominant and they crushed Idaho. And Maybe we get somewhere in the middle of that this year. I will take Hoosiers 45, Idaho 13. Close scores for us again. I'm going Hoosiers 42, Vandals 10. All right, last game, BTN, 8 o'clock, Michigan hosting Hawaii. I've gone back and forth with just how big I'm going to pick this score differential to be. This might be the biggest score differential I've ever picked in the history of the first and 10. Michigan 72, Hawaii 6. Wow. wow. I still have a pretty big one as well, but not quite uh, uh, as, as big of a differential as your I prediction. think I'm I going... think Jim wants to run up the score. I could see it. Yeah. He wants to make um, a statement. I'm going to say Michigan 63, Hawaii 3. Still a pretty big gap. That's it's very similar. Yeah. I, I think I think the answer is Hawaii just is that bad. And I don't know if it's Michigan being that good, but Michigan's the best team they're gonna see all season. So they they are gonna get yep. them all sorts of trouble. That's our show for this week. Thank you all for listening. Reed, uh, anything well, we, else before we close? We forgot the out of conference prediction. Oh, we forgot the out of conference prediction. We're not picking six anymore, but we're picking one. And our one we're picking this week is Baylor and BYU, a late night kick that's maybe the best game of the day. This game is kicking off after 10 o'clock Eastern time. So once you're wrapping up your watching of either the Hawaii-Michigan game or the Indiana-Idaho game, I know must-watch TV. I'll be at the stadium in Bloomington, obviously. But uh, to those of you who won't be at either of these stadiums, if you're looking for something to do late at night, this is absolutely a must-watch. Give me BYU 45, Baylor 41. I think this has the makings of a classic. Can't wait to see these teams together in the new Big 12. It really is a shame that this game is so late. I think it's terrible management by, I want to say it's ESPN is running ESPN, this game. Yep. Um, you know, these are two, I, I believe BYU's ranked. Even if they're not, they should be ranked. They and then this Baylor. I, I believe they are. I, yeah. They're ranked um, in my book. Yeah. They're, they're top 15 in my both teams. They're top 15, 15 in my, my book, rankings, too. But, I love BYU. Yeah. But um, I think this game, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be exciting. I think Baylor will win in a close one. I'm going to go Baylor 38, BYU 31. Should be the a, only different result we had all week. Yeah, should be a fun one. De- definitely a lot of chalk across the Big Ten, but this one should be a lot of fun. So, Reed, anything else before we go? I think we've covered it all. I think we have. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you after this week's slate of games early next week, and then we've got probably a much better slate to preview. Not probably, definitely a much better slate to preview next week. So stay tuned for that, and we can't wait to see you next time. Till then. Bye.